My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Today we have another amazing guest, Christine Johnson from California. How are you today? Good, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. And I'm sure our audience are going to be blessed by our conversation today. And Christine, you wrote a book called The Nubulae System. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this. I know our audience are going to be interested in this. And just to give you a little bit of what's going to happen for our audience, Chat receives a phone call from the hospital only to learn that his wife has been a victim of the most common crime these days, identity theft. Her microchip was cut out of her hand during a robbery at a store. Chat's wife, Jessica, is a picture-perfect Christian, a perfect, picture-perfect citizen behind who he can easily hide his Christianity, but he soon realizes that she needs Jesus as well, because her sole focus is to adopt a chipless child from among the, the children surfacing in society without any record of, of existence. And this is really interesting to just see that, that right here, what is going to happen next. And so we're here to talk about your book today. Before we talk more about this, I just want to give you a few minutes. Why are you a Christian, Christine? So I originally grew up um, half Catholic. I say half Catholic because my mom was Catholic and my dad didn't really believe in anything. So we went to church and went to all the Catholic things and the communion and all that. And then you kind of don't, if you're familiar with being Catholics, you, you, you don't have to really get this connection to Jesus. And I was always searching for some kind of connection. And then in my teens, I drifted away and I was searching for different, in different belief systems. I was looking into Buddhism. I was looking into Hinduism and all these these other things just on a search and then at some point I went into oh well I believe what I believe what fits me what a lot of people believe nowadays and then my mom she actually when I was in my 20s she got ill she had cancer and when it was discovered it was actually already too late for her so we we took care of her at home. I took care of her and see, it's, it still gives me goosebumps to this day because she was such a believer of Jesus Christ, even being Catholic. I mean, it doesn't mean it's, it's a bad thing being Catholic, but she was ready to die. And actually what I, what I saw in her eyes was she was not afraid she was praying and she was ready to go to meet the Lord. And that kind of in that moment, it convinced me to look actually more into the Bible and who this Jesus is. And when she passed and she passed in peace, I started 
actually reading the Bible from beginning to end, which I've never done at that time. So I wanted to know and give Jesus a chance, so to speak. And I try to always understand it from an intellectual point, but you sometimes you can't. I always was wondering, why did Jesus have to die? It doesn't really make sense to me, but just reading the Bible and then on the way, reading the Bible, asking questions. I think when you search, God sends people on your way that help you find the answers. And on my way, I met somebody who turned out to be my husband now. He pretty much answered all the questions. And just reading the Bible, I fell in love with Paul's letters and... I love his writing. And all of a sudden, it it was like a a light switch. And I felt the Holy Spirit coming into my life. And that was kind of the change. Yeah. And that's why I, that's how I became a believer. And that's now, yeah, over 20 years ago. Amazing. It's winter in New England, and a small abandoned kitten struggles through the snow. When he stumbles upon a large old house in the woods, he's hoping to find his forever home, but instead begins his first big adventure. In Flea Biscuit Finds a Home, the little stray confronts bullying and adversity, but also sees that kindness and friendship can come to those with a gentle heart. Flea Biscuit discovers that he has much to learn and that trying to grow up and find your purpose in life is hard work. Find your copy of Flea Biscuit Finds a Home on Amazon today. Is it really you? Where have you been? I've been asking and searching for you. Bob, I've always been here, he answered me, and then I lost it. I pulled to the side of the road and up onto the curb and put the Tahoe in park. I turned to the front passenger side and looked at him, and he smiled at me. Jesus and the Girl in the Orange Bikini is a memoir filled with stories about growing up, heartbreak, redemption, and love. Find your copy of Jesus and the Girl in the Orange Bikini on Amazon today. Isn't it wonderful how God puts people in our path to, to mm-hmm. lead us and to encourage us to be more like him? That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, so good. And it's even better when it's your husband or your spouse because then you can walk it out together instead of just a friend who you touch base with sometimes when it's that husband, that wife. It's so much more powerful. I oh, think yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so happy that this mm-hmm. all happened. Well, thanks for sharing that with our with our audience here today. And a little bit more about your book. So what led you to write this book? Where did you find some of the inspiration? Um, the reason I wrote the book is was also because, like I said, I read the Bible from beginning to end. And at that time, even when you read it as a first believer, a lot of things are hard to understand. I mean, all these things happening first of all the the book just to say it it uh, plays out during the tribulation period and so i read revelation and when you read it the first time it's kind of overwhelming and i didn't fully understand what's in there like a few things there's all these signs and then a lot of things are hard to to grasp when you think, what is this? What is happening? And just reading it. And then later on, I was thinking, 
when I started understanding it, things kind of popping in my head, oh, this is how it could be. And oh, what is happening here? How will people live? How will people react? What about, you know, the the sign or the the, the mark of the beast mm-hmm. and the chip who's list. That's, be what I, that's where it comes from, huh? The chip. Right. Wow. So what it is, so the it's it's a I have a lot of fantasy and then I'm I'm thinking about all these things and just to give myself an idea how it could be and maybe to give an idea to others who also wonder what the what happens during the tribulation and give an explanation pretty much and help give an understanding what it could be. Wow. Yeah, this sounds like a really interesting book because it is going to happen. It is yes. going to happen. The Bible says, and I believe in the Bible from the front to the back. And so this is something that will happen. And it's interesting when authors like you take it and create more onto it and say, you know, like your own little twist and your own expectation, you know, of what could happen and, and create characters and expand on the characters. It's it's interesting things. Mm-hmm. So I believe in that the, the rapture of the church will occur before the tribulation period. And hopefully we won't be there. And it's yes. also like more helping for people to understand that it's going to be a really crazy time mm-hmm. and make a decision to just give your life to Christ so you won't be going through this. Yeah. And so did you write this book to, let's say, for the non-believers or for the believers? What was your, your target audience with that? Um, actually, for both, I, I can say, because for the believers, first of all, to better understand what's maybe coming mm-hmm. and, for, and for people that are in a search, like I said, I was in a search 20 years ago and also for non-believers that they maybe read this, it can be exciting maybe for them to read this because it it shows or have different stories about different people in the book. They live side by side, how we live nowadays too. A lot of us have maybe unbelievers as friends mm-hmm. and maybe for unbelievers to start asking questions. What is she writing? Could this really be happening? And for believers, maybe also to help their friends that are unbelievers to give an explanation or pass it on. Yeah. Kind of it, it, when I started the book, it's, I didn't really know, but what I'm going to do, I didn't plan out, oh, this is this and this is that, but it turned out, I think it's good for, for everybody to read. And I, from hearing what you're saying here, I think it's important for people, even Christians to remember, Hey, this will happen. Let's mm-hmm. be ready. Cause mm-hmm. the end of time will come like a thief in the night. He will return. Jesus will return and the rapture will happen. All of those things are in the Bible, you know? So it's important to just remember that we get caught up in our day to day, our tasks, our jobs, our careers, and we forget sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. that there is a big plan. There is something happening behind the scenes of of what we don't see every day. So amazing. What else could you tell us about this book? Maybe some high points or some of your favorite moments in the book? 
So um, the book itself, like I said, it plays during the tribulation. It's pretty much the seven year period. And when you hear the Nebulae system, it's um, a system under President Nebulae. So I chose this name because it's in the beginning, it's a really good time to live in. And then after a while, it can be very destructive, like a, a nebulae system. Mm -hmm. And there's different stories in the book. Some, the first one, like you introduced the book is about Chad, who is a Christian. His wife is not a Christian. And he's kind of hiding under his wife to make like a, a living in the system because he gets the benefits of all what the system um, allows. Mm -hmm. And but then he real and she, the wife, she is very much in the system. She likes the media, she likes how the control is. And I think we're going towards it now these days. And what I personally like in my story, sometimes, like I said, I didn't really think about it. Sometimes I just wrote and it just flew through me. And if you're familiar with the, uh, with the times, you know that the, the two witnesses are gonna show up in Jerusalem preaching the gospel. And in my book, they're actually funny. They are in Jerusalem. They can do magical things like, because I, I was wondering always, how can they survive when people want to kill them? So they're kind of floating really fast in my book when somebody wants to shoot them and they have capabilities. Like if they talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, then at the same time, they can talk to somebody 20 feet away in their, in their mind. And for me, this is kind of like, was like, almost like the Holy Spirit comes mm -hmm. in, your, in your heart. But when the rapture happens, it's said that there's no more Holy Spirit in the world. And I think that two witnesses, I call them E and E in my book like for me they're Enoch and Elijah so I call them E and E and they're just capable of these things and talking to people and at a time when people come and travel to Jerusalem so there's different stories some people come to Jerusalem to see President Nebula because he opens his it's um, time, so to speak, to just meet ordinary people because in Revelation it says everybody bows to him. And I always wonder, how is that going to happen? So he just wants to meet people and pretends he listens to them. And then other people come to Jerusalem to see the, the two witnesses. And so there's also going to be a mix there how people meet, some people come maybe for, to see President Nebula, but then all of a sudden they get attached by E&E &E and they get drawn into meeting Jesus, what's going on, things like that. So I, I kind of think, so that, that, that was kind of like, oh, wow, that's a cool idea. But sometimes it feels like it was not my idea. It just, it just 
came to me. Wow. Another thing you you wrote about that this woman wanted to adopt a chi- a chipless child. What is this? Tell us a little bit about that without giving too much away, of course. Yeah, so um once we're in the rapture and President Nebula takes over, we all have to take the mark of the beast. Or we we I mean we don't have to, or people may have to or will. And it's always said you can only buy or sell. And for me, the explanation is that it would be like a microchip, like they have nowadays already for pets. When you lose your pet, you have a microchip. Everything is on there, your medical history, uh, your accounting, your bank accounts. Everything is under control, like we have nowadays almost on all iPhones and people can follow us and the system makes it so that we're all safe. So if everybody is tracked, we're safe and no crimes exist. But of course, there are people that after the rapture believe all of a sudden because maybe their friends told them about the rapture and they they don't want the mark of the beast. So they go in hiding to, and I call it the underground church. And some of them, so I have the story in there. It's uh, Myra and Eric. They have two boys. One boy, they, the birth was at home. And the one birth was at the hospital normal. He was chipped. I call it chip. They get a microchip right away. And then they have another child and decide, no, we don't want this child in the system. So the child is born at home in secret and without a chip. So on paper or in the system, actually their child doesn't really exist. And so that's kind of the chipless children. And then there's a little conspiracy in there because I also have people in my book. One is called um, Dr. McKinney. He is not a believer, but he is somebody who supports the Christianity because he believes still in freedom of choice because I always wonder, so what happens to the people that don't have the mark of the beast? They still need supporters. So you have people that support the underground church, but not a believer. You can maybe, I'm not sure if you can really um, compare it to how people were supporting Jewish people, hiding Jewish people in the Third Reich. But so this doctor helps people that are not, have no chip. He helps them if they have medical issues and so forth. And so the child that I just talked to, Myra's child gets sick. So she needs a doctor. So she goes to Dr. McKinney in the hospital and tries to get some help. And during the consultation he gets called for an emergency that he has to go to and then she falls asleep in his office and when she wakes up her child is gone can uh, to know what happens after because there's evil people that just didn't know these children exist and then they just take him and try to give him 
chip them, I say chip mm -hmm. them, give them microchips, and then give them out for adoption for people in the system to give them, for them, they believe children need an education, they need to be mm -hmm. introduced to the system and so forth. So that is kind of was my idea about the... Wow, really interesting, because I'm sure that can happen too. And when we get mm -hmm. to this moment in the world that there are people who, who did like, but then disagreed and didn't get the mark and they will not be in the system. They will not be able to buy and sell, like you said. So it is interesting to, to play into that and say, what would happen if I was to think about it? How much research went into this book? Um, so actually it took me almost 10 years to write the whole book. Uh, the it's fantasy, so it's not like that I had to do a lot of research. The, the thing I did is like just reading Revelation, trying to find out what it means. And of course, listening to pastors, talk to pastors, what could that be? What, mm -hmm. what does that mean? And a lot of listening to like Hal Lindsey, and Chuck Missler and people like these who explain really how what could happen. So it's fantasy, what could be like based on Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. And if you could say the overall theme of your book, like the overall message you're trying to give your readers, what do you think that would be? Overall message. The overall message, pretty much, you should know. You should know what to expect. And I mean, knowing about the rapture and the tribulation, it doesn't save you. Mm -hmm. The only way that saves you is that you believe in Jesus Christ and he's your personal savior. But it's there's a reason why revelation is in the bible just so we know what will happen and to to make a decision pretty much mm -hmm. what what will come and then also give a warning to people mm -hmm. if they're yeah good good you should know you should know yes do you have any any social media platforms that our audience could reach you on or to find more information about this book or anything like that? Uh, no, actually, I am. I'm kind of shy still about the <laughs> social media. I'm hiding. I'm hiding from people. So the book is <laughs> is available either on Kindle or as a paperback on Amazon. Okay. And so just to just to understand, if we get to this moment. Not to say that you're going to be there, but you would be one of those people in hiding, right? You would be one of the people in the background, not a chip, a chipless person, things like that, right? <laughs> um, actually, I hope I'm not going to be here. Right. That's, the, but, that's the thing, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. But yeah, if for some reason. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Just joking. Just joking. But Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, for your time. Is there anything else that you would want our audience to know today about you, about your book, maybe future books to look for, if you have any other things in, that you're working on? Not really. Like I said, just believe and you don't need my book to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but um, there's no button. It shouldn't be a button.
interested in it, but if you're interested in what's going on, just uh, read the book, read Revelation, and yeah. Excellent. Can you tell our audience one more time, how can we find this book? What to search to specifically find your book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Go to amazon.com or yeah, Amazon and do a search on the Nebulae system by Christine Johnson. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. And if I can have you end our podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. And um, yes, Jesus, thank you so much for this interview. And I hope we, the audience is blessed to this podcast and also bless Dallas and his new family. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.